in all my personal growth in Christ in my almost five decades has there ever been such a unbelievable reality of the things of God having to do with heaven and having to do with the earth. I think it was about a year ago or more when the Lord, and, and possibly more, when the Lord had really put on my heart in a very deep way to teach and preach prophecy. And then there seemed to be a stop. God stopped it. And then, of course, and always bringing us back to the, the beauty of Christ, who is that day, who has dawned on us in terms of our salvation and continues to light us up inwardly. Inwardly. Uh, never before have I ever seen in my own life uh, the depth of a soberness of the things both of heaven and of earth. I think never before, and this is what God would have us, have us to do and what, in which we have said, we, we posted a message that's more or less like a an outline of the depth of what God wants to go into in terms of prophecy and who we are in Christ. That's been posted. Uh, all those that would desire would do well to listen to it because it is, in fact, the word of God. Yet never before have I ever seen such a culminating Reality is what is going on right now. I said in that message just recently about prophecy, this is God's wake-up call. This is wake-up call for us as believers in Christ. We use these particular verses, and I'll, I'll, go, I'll go into them a little bit, but first I want to read this reality. Again, in Second Peter, Chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 19, it says, We, the church, have also a more sure word, a more certain word, the original says, a more certain word of prophecy, whereunto you do well to take heed. Do we, do we see that this morning as Christians? As pastors, as supposed pastors and teachers, initiators, do we understand prophecy? Do we understand it? Are we able to teach it? Two-thirds of the Bible's prophetic. Two-thirds of it is prophetic. It goes into prophecy. We also have a more certain word of prophecy. Notice what it says, but that prophecy God is using for us even this morning, where with you, you that are in Christ, would do well to take heed. To heed to what? And this is beautiful. What is the heed? As unto a light that shines in a dark place. In other words, Christ in us. 
we are so close to facing him in the rapture. We are so close. I can't even begin to put it properly in words. I have to trust God like you as his little ones for him to do that in me, to sober us up. As unto a light shining in a dark place. Listen, that's Christ in us. He's shining in a dark place. Listen, yes, foundational truths. Matthew 16, 18, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. Yes, foundational truths. But our growth is only supposed to be for ourselves. I mean, it's not to be for his glorification. Not only our blessing, but the blessing of others. And does that include prophecy? Does it? Oh, God is waking us up. He's waking us up. Christ in us. Many don't have that right now. And I take that as a very convicting, very convicting issue in my life. To get anything out of it that's not of Christ. There is absolutely no time for games anymore. None. None whatsoever. Not unless we have our head in the sand. With what is going on worldwide. We said before in the message that we posted the precious word of God on prophecy. If you want to know how close Christians the rapture is. If you want to know that the hands of God's time on earth is Israel. What is happening there right now is prophecy. What is happening? It's very serious. It is very, very serious. And in Psalm 34 and verse 18 and Psalm 51 and verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. How could I not, as a believer in Christ, my bridegroom, not be affected by what is going on in Israel because he is their true Messiah? Yes, in their ignorance of what is going on. But I have to tell you how serious this is. It is no more time to live for ourselves anymore. There's no more time to spend our money on ourselves and make excuses for it. None whatsoever. I am not ashamed to teach giving, by the way. Neither should you. Neither should anybody. We'll get into that seriously and the seriousness of it. How much we value the word of God. How much we value having to do with his, notice they're his servants doing his work. How much do we value that? What is going on in Israel? Listen, that didn't happen. That hasn't happened like that. And they're right about it too. Since the Holocaust. Since the Holocaust. Since the Nazis under that evil, fanatic, evil 
person filled with this hatred of Satan towards the Jewish people. Did you know that the two most hated people groups on the planet today are Jews and Christians? Did you know that? Hated. Oh, hated deeply. And listen, I am encouraged this morning, and I want to make it clear. I'm very encouraged about Christ in me and everything he's done for me. I'm extremely encouraged by it. But I cannot stop the tears for what is going on now in Israel. The last time they had that, that was called the War of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur in the Hebrew means it's the Day of Atonement, one of the holiest days. The Day of Atonement. Ours in terms of reconciliation. In 1973, that's when they were attacked on that particular day. 50 years ago to today. 50 is very, very, very. The number 50 has amazing meaning in the scriptures. It was the year of Jubilee. The year where all debts were settled. Everything was settled. And they could rest in God. The rest for Israel as a nation is coming. That has to do with the second advent. But in between the second advent, church, believers, those in Christ is the rapture. The rapture. We also have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well to take heed. What does it mean to take heed? For believers, this is what it means for believers. It is time for me, as a man of God, me, I'm speaking of me personally, and I'm speaking of every other man that needs to hear it. It is time to stop playing games. Stop playing in the world. Time. It's time. It's time to stop it. It's time to stop it. The time is short. Shortened more than ever. In 1 Corinthians 7.29, we're to redeem the time because the days are infectiously evil and active opposition to God's divine good. In Ephesians 5 and verse 16, because it's soon. In Revelations 10.6, time will be no more. It's time for us to stop putting ourselves ahead of Christ. That means in, in terms of who he is in us with his deep love, but in our prayers for Israel, did you know that every word of God is inspired? All scripture is inspired, not that the hyper or ultra dispensationalist will say that it is the Pauline, so-called Pauline teaching. It was heavenly teaching given to Paul, so that's the church. Every scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that's why it says in Psalm 102 and verse one and verse six. Pray for the peace of Israel. You, you can't be in Christ and, and appreciating the, the finished work, the person and the work that he is in each of us, overwhelmed by it, and yet not be touched by that. What is going on there today, 50 years later, 50 years, they're close to being able to rest. Scores of scriptures. Isaiah, the 11th chapter, and 16 verses. Psalm, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Jeremiah, 31, 31 to 
to uh, 34, bringing in the promise of Genesis 49 and verse 10 in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 to 15. They are all prophetic. They all have to do with Israel. They all have to do with it because it's extreme hatred for God that's going on in Israel. Make no mistake about it. And it's in Israel. And it is extreme hatred for Christians in this country. And no question about it. Anti-Semitism has been going on since the since almost the dawn of time. Since Abraham was called out of the era of the Chaldeans. You see that at the end of the 11th chapter of Genesis. And you can see how he was called out of the Tower, those that were trying to establish something without God called the Tower of Babel. Babylon, confusion, hatred, violence. What are the days of his coming? What are the days? When Christ is going to come back in the second advent, second advent, first advent for those that are uninstructed, when he was born in the 14-year-old peasant girl, Luke 1, verse 35, he put on humanity, tabernacled himself in John 1, and verse 14. That was his first advent, an absolute humility, hatred, and rejection, yet fulfilling the will of God in John 4, and verse 34, and finishing the work for us. The second advent, he will come back in absolute glory and power, dealing with his enemies and all the enemies of Israel, his people, to establish his kingdom on earth. Thank God. I am so thankful in measure that I can know my precious Savior in this way right now. Because he's known in the heavenlies. That speaks of our position. But you best believe, and I best believe, and all his enemies best believe, he will be known on this earth. That's what prophecy is saying. Uh, prophecy is God will deal in judgment and remove anything that will get in the way of him being known on this little dust ball. This little dust ball. When the knowledge of man allowed by God he can go out and find out, guess what? As far as he can count now, there are nine billion galaxies. That's, that's our Lord that created them all in Hebrews 1, 3. Framed them in Hebrews 11, verse 3. Framed them. Framed them. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Here's a wake-up call. And I am telling you, this is my, this is my personal wake-up call. Here it is. Frivolity, jokiness, living for self, and being a cheapskate towards God and his servants. Here's Ephesians, the fifth chapter in verse 1. Be you therefore followers of God, because you are dearly beloved children. And walk in love. Part of that walking in love for me is thanking God for who I am in Christ. Christ in me, the light that dawns. But weeping for Israel. And what is going on there? Sacrifices of God again in Psalm 34 and 18. 
in 51 and verse 17, are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us. He's for us. And even in their deception, in hatred of him, in ignorance of him, he's for them. And he'll show it soon. When we come back with him in Revelations, the 19th chapter, and he sets up his kingdom in the 20th chapter. Again, Psalm chapter 2, 1 through 12. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. Isaiah 11, 1 through 16. Jeremiah, uh, uh, Genesis 49 and verse 10. Yes, in the preponderance of all these scriptures, they are God-breathed. And he's breathing them out this morning. And hopefully we take it in. He has given himself for, an, uh, for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, oh, oh God, fornication functioning in the world system. Right, fornicating, living like the world. Laughing at what the world laughs at. Tapping to the beat of the so-called music of the world. Despicable. Hate. And we are, we are to hate it with God's love. That's the only way we can do it without getting affected by it negatively. Psalm 97 and verse 10, all you that love hate evil. And that starts in us. With a wake-up call. Fornication and all uncleanness, covetousness, money grubber, hoarding for yourself. Forget God. You think I'm ashamed of this? Better read your Bibles. Better read your Bible. You're ashamed about a portion of the Word of God and replace it with yourself? Let it not be named once among you as become saints. Those that are set apart from self-worship into godly worship. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking. Thinking we have a right to be foolish when all this is going on. Nor jesting nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. You know what brings that out in me? When I have a prayer life, when I am dependent and I am in his presence. And I am thankful this morning for who I am in Christ. And we, by the grace of God, I, by the pure grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will continue to teach those things. But never before is it necessary for prophecy. Because you didn't just give it to some. It's part of who you are in Christ. And that's what 2 Peter 1, 19 to 21 brings out clearly. And if you don't know it, you best get it. You best take your place and receive it. Best. I best take my place and receive it. And I am and, and God is doing it. 
For this we know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who was an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Meaning you can't continually, your whole life, live in these things and, and think that you're one of his beloved. Making it clear. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Don't be a self-interpreter. Don't think that you can interpret God's word all by your lonesome. And think you know enough. Some think they know enough so that they don't have to live in other areas of obedience. And give every kind of cloak for it. John 15, 22. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things come the wrath of God upon the children of unbelief. That's the right word, by the way. Now there's chastisement for us. Listen, 1 Peter 4.17, where it says in the King James, judgment begins in the house of God, literally means this, chastisement. So that we don't get condemned with the world. 1 Corinthians 11, 31 and 32, brought out crystal clear. One area of disobedience affects the whole lump. A little leaven, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It's time for joking and laughing and all this nonsense to cease and sobriety to come in, a soberness, not to be drunk. You know, Ephesians 5.18, that says, be not drunk with wine. Some believers literally take, need to take that literally. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Proverbs 23 and verse 31. Habakkuk 2 and verse 15. Some need to take that literally. But what it's teaching there is, is not to function under the prince and power of the air in Ephesians 2, 2 and act like, a, like you're drunk on the world system, living just like the world system. Everything's about you or me. Be not you, therefore, partakers with them. That's what it says. Don't be partakers with them. Don't. Don't muzzle up. Don't just bypass the evil behavior. It'll affect you. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, evil communications means evil companions corrupt good manners. Be loyal, me, I'm talking about myself. Be loyal to Christ. Love them, but be loyal to Christ and don't give up any ground of your convictions. And don't allow anyone to do that to you. Be not you therefore partakers with them, for you were sometimes darkness. You functioned under you. lived just like the world. Everything was about yourself. Your time, your money. Yeah, I said it. Can't wait to preach on it tomorrow. I'm sure that's just as pure as everything that God is giving us this morning. You were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness 
but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things, and here we go, wake up call. But all things that are discovered, that's the proper word, all things that are discovered are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light, which has, which is the love of God and all of its purity and the expression of that light of which it is. Wherefore he says, Awake you that sleeps, Christians sleeping in the world. Do we think for one second that's not going to come to our country and it's not already here? Do we think for one second that that's not going to, that is already here in our country? We've said this before, we're going to say it again. The fourth cycle of discipline to a nation is economic collapse. Fifth cycle is military takeover. Wherefore, he says, awake you that sleep in the world and arise from the dead, areas of living separate from him. Any area we live separate from him, we're living in the flesh under the lie of the enemy. And Christ will give you light. Then you will see that you can walk circumspectly, not as fools, self-interpreters. This is 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. But as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine. Be not drunk with wine. That's what the world does. They need wine to relax. Wherein is excess? But be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is bringing it out. Stop being drunk on the atmosphere who deceives the whole world, puts them to sleep like everything's going to be the same. Can you imagine those precious people in Israel? Some were at a concert. Some were at a, uh, were at a concert. Possibly hundreds of thousands were at a concert. And then all of a sudden, hell was released on them. Hatred. Gunning down 260 of them. Many of them between the ages of 18 and 20. Many of them. No, instead of being drunk on the atmosphere, let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns. This is proper music with proper words, without a worldly beat. Spiritual songs, it involves a beat, not just words. Singing, making a melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I am glad and I'm happy with you that we're all, we all are in Christ.
we're kept secure and safe. That means our eternal life, but don't think for a second we can't be affected by these things. You, you and I, and again, we would all do well to listen to that message on prophecy as we will get into it in a much deeper way, in a much, much, much deeper way. And I listen, am I still thankful? Part of my thankfulness has to do, and that is being thankful for all things in Ephesians 5 and verse 20, and be thankful in all things, being thankful in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. And part of that being thankful is, and, and thankful for who I am in Christ, and I'm thankful for what God is doing in individuals in the church. I'm very thankful for it. But part of it, that thankfulness, goes into a godly sorrow. And part of our godly sorrow is what those people are suffering, not only them in Israel, even according to their own disobedience. I mean, wouldn't you still love your own child? Even if they function in rebellion and rejection of you, you would still love them, wouldn't you, and still think the best? That's what God still thinks about Israel. It's his timepiece on the earth. The second advent is, is literally almost here. It is almost here. And in between that is the rapture. That's why that's so attacked. Some have said that they don't believe in the rapture. It doesn't change what the word of God has said and brought out clearly in the scriptures. Clearly. What are the signs of the time? What are the signs? What were the signs in the first really bad, overwhelming judgment? What were the signs? Well, the signs were in, in Genesis 6 and verse 5, in Genesis 8 and verse 21, the thought of every individual, their whole thought, purpose, design, and desire and will was only evil continually. It is evil to put self ahead of God. It is evil to put self ahead of others in the body of Christ. What were the signs? Well, that's Genesis 6.11. There were times of violence. Any violence in our country? Violent teaching, bringing up and allowing violence to run rampant in our streets, in our country. Violence over in Israel, like they haven't seen in 50 years. And what they say, and I believe them, since the Holocaust, since the extermination of 6 million Jews. What were the signs? What were the signs? Matthew 24, 37 says, But as the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. That's the second advent. That's the second advent. Listen to him as he please. And this goes into our prayer life. Because when you pray for Jerusalem, God said he'll prosper you. 
in Psalm 122 and verse 6. Do you see this? Of all people on the planet today, those that should be most concerned about others more than themselves is the body of Christ because of the special place that they hold in the mind of God. What is the, what is the worth of the word of God? Tell me, what's the price that we put on it? The price that he puts on it, the price of his servants that give it. What's the price? What's it worth? What is it worth? Listen to his heart for Israel. In Matthew 23, in verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that killed the prophets and stoned them which were sent to you, how often I would have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Doesn't mean we still shouldn't pray that multitudes would turn to him. That multitudes affected by this, like multitudes in, in Ukraine. But God's timepiece is Israel. Multitudes that were taken captive, the women that have been raped and ravaged right now, those bodies that have been decimated, torn to pieces, paraded through streets like trophies. That is going on in our world today. Multitudes denied the Holocaust. Did you know that? Multitudes denied it. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that stone the prophets, kill the prophets and stone them which are sent to you. How often I would have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left desolate, and we're seeing it. All of what has happened in Israel, even under the Harry S. Truman administration when they ran up a flag between the dates of May 17th and 19th and 1948, when they became a Jewish state, was the work of men. God allowed it. But you see, what God allows of men never lasts. Oh, but Jesus is coming. He will redeem his earthly people. He's redeemed us already. We're heavenly. Wicked one touches us not. First John 5, 18, that is our eternal life. He can't touch that. He may affect our bodies. Like many Christians today, all over the world, a suffering torture, but the enemy cannot touch their eternal life. And I'm just, I'm in prayer and brokenness. Honestly, I am in a sobering way of tears for what is going on in this hatred of God and his people. Behold, your house is left, left desolate unto you. For I say unto you, he speaks to Israel, you will not see me from now on until you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. We need to know, obviously, first and foremost, foundational truths, which is who we are in Christ. Again, that's 2 Peter 1, verse 19. We have a more certain word of prophecy, which we have Jesus Christ 
He's the day already for us. The day for us is already dawned and it's getting brighter and brighter as we come closer and closer to face him in the heavens, to be with him for the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelations 19, 7 to 9. It hasn't yet dawned on multitudes there. Any Jew or any Gentile, any other people group, Jew or any other people group now, is still can receive Christ and be and they will be part of the body of Christ as heavenly people. But God is preparing the earth with judgment. It says this, every eye is going to see him in Revelations 1 and verse 7. Every eye will see him. And then it says, and they which also pierced him, the Jews as a nation, giving him over to the Roman government to murder him. Finally, we'll say, Oh, blessed is he that comes in the nature and the finished work of the Lord, and they're going to see him. And then every eye will see him, and they which also pierced him, and the whole earth will wail because of him. There are multitudes of intense, settled hatred against God, unsettled hatred against God. What makes us think that they would want anything to do with heaven? They wouldn't. And that does away with a foolish, evil teaching of universalism. Here it is. We're going to see this. Israel's enemy. And by the way, still our hated enemy, who hates us, in Psalm 10. Psalm 10. Can you hear them cry? Can you hear these in ignorance? Some in rebellion and stubbornness, the Jews as a nation right now, what's going on there? Psalm 10, verse 1. Why are you standing afar off, Lord? Why? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride does persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined and they will be. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire and blesses the covetousness. We hear that in, this, in the evil government right now in our country of hatred for the Jews because I tell you spiritually it is hatred for God himself. You hate God you hate his chosen earthly people. You hate God. You hate his heavenly people, the church. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire and blesses the covetous, whom the Lord abhors, hates. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not at all in any of his thoughts. He doesn't want him to be. Not that he's unaware, but that he openly rejects him. His ways are always grievous. Your judgments are far above out of his sight. For as for all, as for all his enemies, he puffs at them. He has said in his heart, I will not be moved, for I will never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief. Is what? Is mischief and what? Deceits. Vanity there means deceits. Who deceives the whole world in Revelations 12, 9? 
Look at what it says. It's describing what's going on in detail in Israel. Has been, and even more blatantly, openly. He sits in the lurking places of the village, just waiting to attack. It happened. In the secret places does he murder the innocent. Is this a battle from army against army? No, it is hatred, killing men, women, and children, babies, older and younger, killing them, slaughtering them because they're Jews for no other reason. He murders the innocents. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lies in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lies in wait to catch the poor. He does catch the poor when he draws them into his net. He crouches and humbles himself and that the poor may fall by his strong ones. This is the enemy using these evil ones to do this in Israel. And in our country right now, by the way. He crouches and and lowers himself. Not humility like we think. He lowers himself that the poor may fall by his strong one. He says in his heart, his whole thought life is God has forgotten. God has not forgotten Israel. He never will. That's Genesis 49 and verse 10. That's 2 Samuel 7, 12, 13, 14, and 15. He will never forget them. No, he's never going to forget them. Just like he didn't forget us in Christ, our his heavenly people. His heavenly people. This is part of prophecy. You and I are looking at it right now. And just because it's not happening in our country, we shouldn't be touched by it. If we understand prophecy, we will be. Now, how we could go about our day and this not be in our minds. Of course, trusting God and loving him and being and having fellowship together as his church, that's never, that should never cease. Being thankful for what he's doing and, and growth in the lives of certain believers. Oh, absolutely, I love it and thankful for it. Psalm 83. Can you hear them? Psalm 83 and verse 1. Keep not you silent, O God. Hold not your peace. And be not still, O God, for lo, your enemies make a tumult, trouble and noise. And they that hate you have lifted up their head in pride. They have taken crafty counsel against your people. This is specifically against Israel. And consulted against your hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance, should it not be in ours? Should we not pray for them? For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against you. Listen, many have said, this is Iran, who's fueling Hamas and Hezbollah financially. But Iran would be doing nothing without Russia and China. You can be sure of that. You and I can be sure of it. It's all part of prophecy. Don't have the time to get into it in detail this morning. Boy, like I would love to. 
They have said, come and let, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may no more be in remembrance. Has God forgotten Israel? They may have forgotten him, but has God forgotten them? Oh, no, he has not. They're going to rule and reign over the nations while you and I rule and reign in Christ, married to him, over them. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against them. Look at the size of Israel. State, the size of the state of New Jersey, 9 million population. Over 1,000 have been decimated already. You know what that's equal to? That if 9-1-11 happened to the way it's happening in Israel, over 40,000 of our people would have been massacred. This is Psalm 122. Psalm 122. Verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. You know, many were doing that. They were just going about their day. Sun was out. They had plans. Just like maybe we do. Something drastically changed. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet will stand within the gate. Within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. And it truly is, by the way. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. Many of those were looking forward in, the, in their deceit for Messiah to come, whom they already rejected. In John 1.11, and they're paying a brutal price for it. They have with their whole history. They were booted out of every major country that you can think of. Their goods were taken from them, and they were kicked out. For there are the thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Again, this is 2 Samuel 7. 12, 13, 14, and 15. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Listen, every word of God is God-breathed. Every scripture is God-breathed. Every scripture. Pray for the peace of Israel. They will prosper that love you. They'll prosper that love you. Oh, peace be within your walls. It's not happening right now, but it will Isaiah 60 and verse 18. You're going to experience Jerusalem when Christ comes back in, in Revelation 23 and 4 to set up his kingdom. Oh, peace will be within your walls and you'll have gates of praise. Peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will say now, peace be with you, within you. 
because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. I am one million percent. I can't even put the number. So for Israel, God's beloved people, earthly. I am for them. And I am broken for those who know Christ to become part of the body of Christ. I am. And I am broken for those that are in Israel. What are the signs of the time that we are in? What is the wake-up call? How much more evidence do we need to know how close we are to facing him? And then we give him account of what we did with everything that he gave us? Unbelievable. What are the signs? In Matthew 24 and verse 1, Jesus went out, departed from the temple. He had to. He had to go out. You'll see that in, in Numbers 19. Three, he had to go outside the camp because of their unbelief and hatred towards him, his own people in John 1.11. You see it in Hebrews 13, 12 and 13. He had to go outside the gates and outside the camp. And his disciples, those that are taught, followed him. For to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See you not all these things? Truly I say unto you, there will not be left one stone upon the other that will not be thrown down. Not the tabernacle in the wilderness, the numbers of the fourth chapter, no. Talking about the temples that were set up. Two have been destroyed. Two temples have been destroyed. Third one won't be, because Christ will come back, because it was man's doing. Verse 3, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, tell us, when will these things be? Listen, church, individuals, we're seeing them now, the signs of the second advent. Men, me, men, wake up. And what will be the sign of your coming, second advent, and of the, the end of this particular age, not world, this particular age? This is what he said. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Christians today in the world, in it but not of it, stop being deceived. Stop living like the world. For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars. Never before like today. And rumors of wars. Now this is what he says to us. He said it to them. Now he's saying it to us. See that you be not troubled. Be instructed, but don't be troubled. Know it, but don't allow it to affect you negatively. Because God wants us to function in Christ as his beloved church. And that's what we are. But we're to be instructed. We're to stop being little Sunday school kids. Stop telling God what we can't get and what is our capacity. These things must come to pass. 
but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines. Oh, boy, we have enough here, don't we? Yeah, for now. But our famines going on in the world, does it touch us the least bit? Famines, pestilences. Have you heard of COVID-19? And all these other diseases in terms of judgment that affects those, particular those that choose lifestyles that aren't of God. And earthquakes. We just heard of one recently. Thousands in Afghanistan, all over the place. The whole earth is trembling, being judged, waiting for Christ to come back. Again, that's Revelations 19. We come back with him. And then 20, he sets up his kingdom for a thousand years. We rule and reign with him over Jerusalem as they rule and reign over the nations. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. What? Sorrows. We're to have godly sorrow. I have godly sorrow. And God is using it in my personal life. This is my personal testimony of what is going on in Israel. God is waking me up and giving me godly sorrow in areas where I'm not completely for Christ and for his body. You as an individual, I as an individual, can't be for Christ and not be for his precious body. Esteem others better than ourselves. To look not on our own things, but on the things of others. To let that mind be in us. This is Philippians 2, 1 through 5, especially 3 through 5. Let the mind of Christ dwell in you. And how? Through the word in Colossians 3 and verse 16. God wants to move out fleshly living in our lives, and he's using it with what's going on in Israel and all over the world, and make more room for Christ to live in us, to be at home in us experientially. These are the beginning of sorrows. Then will they deliver you up to be afflicted. <laughs> Christians today, all over the world, are being afflicted. And let me tell you something. It's right now in this country. Christians are hated, just like the Jews are hated. To be afflicted and will kill you. And you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now he's speaking that to the Jews. How much more and the same for us as Christians. And many false prophets. What? And then many will be offended. They will be offended. They'll be tripped up by these things. Should we be? And we'll betray one another and we'll hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and will deceive many. And because iniquity will abound, the love of many will go out, will wax cold in this country. But he that will endure unto the end he will be saved. Now again, it says, and this, this gospel of the kingdom will, will be preached unto all the world. That will happen. That will happen without any question about it. Isaiah 54 and verse 13. Countless of other scriptures. 
This will happen during millennial reign. It'll happen in the midst of it with 144,000 in Revelation, the 11th chapter. 144,000 true Israel in Galatians 6 and verse 16. True Israel, and who are they? There are 144,000, 12,000 out of each 12 tribes will preach the gospel of the kingdom. God being known on the earth, oh God, the way he should be and has made himself known to us as his heavenly people. As his heavenly people. And then will the end come. When you will therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whosoever reads, let him understand. Are we reading it? Do we understand this? Have we ever been taught these things? We need to be. And by God's grace, we'll continue by his grace to be taught the foundational, positional, experiential growth truths that are ours in Christ. But just but to know we have a more certain word of prophecy. But to know it too. And it goes on to, to teach these things. But I know this, and I want this to be clear as we close this morning. I am very happy and very blessed and overwhelmingly thankful for who Christ is in me and who I am in him. And for each individual, I don't take that by being in his presence. I don't take that lightly. I don't take it lightly. But God is preparing us again. The hands of God's time, his clock on this earth is Israel. And what is happening? And it's our wake-up call. Because we're getting close to be face-to-face with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're getting very close to seeing him. He's preparing us for our face-to-face meeting in Revelations 2 and 17 and 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12. We're going to be on a seven-year honeymoon with him while the seven-year tribulation period is going on. And this is in Revelations, the 19th chapter. But also part of our preparation and our honeymoon is we're going to come back with him. While he deals with all his enemies and Israel's enemies, and we're going to see him set up his kingdom. We'll be there. You and I will be there. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for this truth. Oh God, thank you for your precious grace that so humbles us. Thank you, Father, for being concerned with us. Your concern has to do with Christ, who Christ is in us and who we are in him. And there's not a separation in that. You said you never remove your eye from the righteous in Job 36, 7. And Christ is our righteousness, us the church in 1 Corinthians 1, 30. Father, I just pray for all those worldwide, our precious parts of our precious body today that are being tortured and suffering great tribulation. And I also pray for the nation of Israel, oh, Father. I I know you're never going to make America great again, but our greatness is in Christ right now, this church. But I do pray. I pray, God, for Benjamin Netanyahu, 
a man who in 1995 made this declaration that he believed that he would be, and he's been in and out of power, by the way, voted in and voted out. He said, I, I believe that I will be the man in power when Moshiach, Messiah, comes back. Second Advent. Second Advent. Father, we just thank you for your precious word. And, and please give him wisdom. Benjamin Netanyahu, surround him. I pray for his salvation and the salvation of scores of these Jews, these unbelieving Jews, that this can be an opportunity where the enemy means evil. You can mean it for their good because your good is your love for them. I pray for all of those men, women, and children, and babies in the possession of those evil people, that you please protect them and cover them. Father, we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If we have, if there's any time, if any have any time this morning, we could go into detail. And there's a lot of this that I, I really and truly want to get into in terms of the teaching that is ours about prophecy and what we have. That's why I think it's really, I think it's an amazing thing. I think it's an amazing thing. And I would still love to see some men come up here, by the way. Come on in. I still would love it. And I still believe it's a part of God's plan. I still do. Without any question about it. But I also do about what God is telling us in terms of prophecy this morning, in terms of the reality of what's going on right now, gosh, in our country, the worldwide too. You can listen, and I say this with, with the truth and the beauty of who we are in Christ, being more than conquerors in Romans 8.37. Don't buy the lie. America's never going to be great again, ever. Tell me the last time you think it has ever been great. What makes it great? Is it God himself or their military might and finances? Is that what makes us great? Power and money? That makes us great? That was, that, uh, that was so rich. Listen. So, I'm so rich. I, God I'm, has, God has broken. He's broken my heart. Man, that's awesome. No, and a deep love for my Savior, and a much more deep appreciative love, and for every believer in Christ, He's given He's given me a depth of brokenness and deep love for every believer. I mean it too. And for Israel. And for Israel, and knowing, being taught the difference between his earthly people, Israel, and his heavenly people, the church. And make no mistake about it, we do not have a Judeo-Christian heritage. They're two diametrically opposed things. Hey, Mike, can you come back on? Because I wanted you to share uh, some whatever's on your heart. Am I off? No, you're on. I can oh, hear you. Oh, is that when you said come back on? Did you just mean talk? 
Yeah. Okay, gotcha. No, I just, <clears throat> just like, you know, there's, um, being sober is a spiritual reality for the believer, you know, and I, I am this morning just uh, overwhelmingly sober um, with the truth that was shared, you know, and just, just how deep God's love is for us to experience it, you know, and uh, because it's just that the older we get and the more clear the word of God becomes, the better, you know, the, uh, the wider the separation, you know, of the reality of who we are in him in the world. It just made, it's made me so much more thankful and appreciative of Christ, like never before. Yeah, like never before. Yeah. I mean, just for me, it's just been, since what's going on, it's not just been about tears, and it has been, I mean that too. Tears for what's going on in Israel. But my own tears of a godly sorrow about him dealing with me in my life, and he's using this to do it, to yeah, wake us awesome. yeah. Wake us up. The beautiful invitation, you know, like this morning I was studying in uh, Matthew 11, 20, 29, about this yoke. Because this is really, this is... This is what's happening, you know. He's 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 asking us to be dependent so that we can be awakened and he can just you know what? You know what, to be honest with you, in the authority of his love, he's demanding it. Yeah. I'm serious. We ask beautiful. He we ask he and the demand is the authority of his love. And the purity of the light of his word. He didn't got, and I know how you meant it too, by the way, but I'm just saying, he doesn't ask us. He's our, there's no asking. It's re, it's us receiving. Yeah. And it's huge. It's huge. In my heart, but I tell you. Hopefully, and, and hopefully, I'm, ne I'm, not, I'm never going to be the same. And, and obviously, in terms of growth, thank God for that. But I, I tell you, these are some, some incredible, serious times. I mean, the end. Oh, I wish we knew it. You see that hatred over there in Israel? You think it's not going to reach our country? You don't think it's in place already? I am telling you, we need to get the word out and preach like never before, but do it with a proper understanding and being sent by God and not a neophyte. We really do. While we have the freedom to do so, because the judgment of the nations, again, I'm telling you, you don't even hear the name America and the scriptures. You don't. You hear France. You see France. You see Germany. You see the old Roman Empire. Ten confederated nations. You see that. You see it. You hear. You see Syria. 
Iran, that hated despicable enemy. You see Syria, you see Egypt, you don't hear America, the reason for it. You may hear it in, in touching in, in Jeremiah the 50th and in the 51st chapter, you may hear of them, and I wouldn't doubt it for a bit. Gallantly, so proud, so much riches and everything, so settled in it. This smacks of Revelation 3, 14 to 22, where the church is right now, thinking they're rich and have need of nothing, but know that they're not wretched, poor, naked. Oh, God help us. God help us. Literally. And I'm very, again, at the same time, I'm very thankful. And God will do a work in me, and I'll continue to. Can, I'll be in can, yeah, to continue to preach the things in Christ. You can just go to the website and you can see it. You can see in the posts about the truths about who we are in Christ, far more than some little devotional too, by the way, because it's God's word. We can see it. But we really need to be instructed about prophecy and to instruct it because, listen, it's for every one of us. That Second Peter 1, 19 to 21, it's for everyone. It's not given for everyone to teach it. I want to make that clear. It's not. But it is for everyone. Just like in Ephesians 4, 11, when it says he gave some, some apostles. New Testament, do we see that? You don't see the word apostle. That brought out in the old covenant. Doesn't belong there. So it's New Testament prophets, apostles and prophets. It's not talking about the old prophets. They never knew that truth like you and I have right now. There are no more. There are no more. The canon of scriptures has been completed, as many believe, and I do in Revelations, the book of Revelations in AD 96, without a doubt, or thereabouts. What's left? Evangelists and pastors and teachers. Yeah. Teach foundational. Absolutely. The epistles, Ephesians, Colossians, and how to function as his government and, and as his people on the earth in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Absolutely. With all of those things. Yeah. But also prophecy. That's ours too. The hyper and ultra dispensationalists will say it's not for us, which is a lie, because all scripture is given by the by God breathing it out. All of it is for us. Prophecy. You see what it says there in 2 Peter 1:19? You do well to take heed to what? How close we are to our full dawning day of Christ, us personally. How do we know how close we are? Prophecy what God is doing on the earth, what's going on in Israel right now. Listen, and for us, not for me, and I'm, I'm going to just talk for me, because I can't expect everyone to be touched by it, because God has graciously allowed me to study this truth for five decades, almost five decades, to study these things. So I can't expect everyone to be touched in the same measure that I am. But make no mistake about it. 
That prophecy is for us. It's given to us to take heed. It's a warning. It's a warning. Like he's continually warning Israel. See your rejection of me, what it's led to. If you study church history, you see what happened to them. You see what happened to them. Then we have our church history. See, they have their church history. It's prophecy. We have our church history. Look at the sense of it in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Look at it. And then he's brought up, the apostle, in Revelation 4 and verse 1. Can't tell me that ain't the rapture in type. Come up here and I'll show you things to come. See, we have this positional truth in Christ. We are taken care of. There is no wrath for us. That's why it says there's no spot in us. You're all fair, my love. In Song of Solomon 4 and verse 7, there's no spot in you. So look from the top. So we're looking from the top. But we can see judgment, what's going on. We can see it. Look what's happened in church history. Read Revelations chapters 2 and 3. By the way, these things are taught from a pastor, teacher in a church. It's unfortunate that there has to be a so-called seminary. If you can find that word in the scriptures, I'd love you to show it to me. Or Bible college. I'd like to, I'd love for someone to show me that stuff in the scriptures. I dare you to try it. Show it to me. It's pastors and teachers. Evangelists, getting them saved and bring them in, into places where they can be taught these things. Everybody. Not just some. You can't show it to me in one place. You can't show me one place where a man in Christianity takes the title doctor. You can't show it to me. Because there's three places in Scripture. Get a concordance and look them up. Where men are called doctors. They took the title doctor. They were all Pharisees that hated Christ. Wow. Period. Period. And by the way, pastor's not a title. That's why I don't go by it. That's why I don't, I, I don't go by that. By the grace of God, I don't go by it. Used to. Used to love it. Can't stand it. Not that I don't believe in pastors that are from God's heart. Jeremiah 3 and verse 15. In Acts 20, 24 to 32. But he gave some evangelists and pastors and teachers. Listen, for the maturing of the saints, that's God's order, period. Yeah, you look at all those seminaries, how they all constantly disagree about everything. They have their own thing. Yeah, I'll tell you why. It's called confusion. You know, the last time that happened was called the Tower of Babel. Babel, confusion. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm yeah, happy. I don't want to. Right, swing around. This is, uh, you, you remember Alex, right? Alex that, that got married? Oh, yes, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. And then this is Ryan. He, he, I, he, he, Ryan, is he works with us here. Awesome, awesome. And then, thank you. <laughs> of course I remember Alex, yes. I just can't see that well, so I can make out Mike. I've looked at him for a long time. 
But you know what? With all this being said, honestly, honestly, I am so blessed about who we are. I really am. I am so blessed about every believer in Jesus. I really am. It's just amazing, too. And I'll talk to you a little bit more from private, but even a conversation we had about you know uh, something you shared recently and how this morning God used it just to make me ready for what you had to do. Pretty intense. You know, he just, we know nothing as we are. You know? <laughs> oh, God. Listen, nothing. what do you think we might know without submitting to him? I know, right? Know the difference at this point. To him that knows to do good and does it not. You know, that's why men need to take initiation over their wives and not let their wives lead them. About time men grow up. Men doing things they know they damn well shouldn't do, but wifey said it, and they do it. Knock it off. Yeah. So ridiculous. And don't use the excuse to him that knows to do good and does it not. To him it is sin. That's right. So ridiculous. You, a man can't tell me or can't tell God he loves his wife and live in disobedience. Yeah. You can't tell that. It's not true. That's right. You can't. And you know what? It's things that we know. Yeah. Not, don't know. You right. know And I'll show you a big problem because I'm happy about who I am in Christ, but very still broken about what's going on. Yeah. We don't struggle about the things that we don't know. We yeah. struggle because we know the things that we know, but don't do them. That's right. That's a guaranteed fact. Well, I'm going to pick and choose. You know, really? You mean God left that up to us? To pick and choose who we should receive the word from. You think so? You think so? Bring your Bibles and bring them. I love to talk to you. Absolutely incorrect. Absolutely incorrect. And you don't do it and you don't go somewhere because honey told you to do it. <laughs> That's what 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 brings out. Watch like men. Be like men. Don't let anyone quit you from being a man and a proper initiator. And do it in love. That's what 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 is bringing up. That's why it's 1 Timothy 2 and verse 8. I will that men, it's not anthropos, men and women, it is men, males, lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Oh, boy. Whew. Oh, boy. I tell you. You there, Mike? Yep. Oh, where are you? There you are. Yeah, just the uh, yeah, the love of God just constraining me right now. You know, just in a beautiful way. Me too. E everything that I'm saying to you, every word's coming out of me is God dealing with me. I want to make that crystal clear about proper initiation. Everything. Listen, this is him. It doesn't bypass me. 
It does not in any measure. And furthermore, I'm at this place heading for 72. I don't want it to anymore. Amen. I Amen. don't want yeah, That's for sure. Never been in a better place to learn. Just This is the way it is. In fact, he prepared me, you know, through the scriptures in Matthew 11, 28 through 30 this morning for it. And just a beautiful, just for who's for me, because he loves me, you know, it's awesome. You know, it's just, ama it's just amazing. So um, when you get a chance, really, please call me back today, because I did want to talk with you personally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because no, and what that meant is, I want to hear from you, first and foremost, what you wanted to say. And then also, just some of my thoughts, too, you know? Yep. But I think it's very important. Yep. You know, I also think it's very strategic, too, by the way. I really do, in these times. Yep. That we're in. So, please, you know, if, if anyone thinks that everything coming out of my mouth is somehow going over my head and picking out certain people, I got news for you. No, it's not. It's going right here. It's right where I want it to be. You know, and then we can have proper fellowship, you know. Yeah. Would you like me to would you like me to pray? I was just gonna ask you. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Lord Father, we do. We thank you for just just thank you. Thank you, Lord. I just um, so, so thankful to be your child. So thankful that you don't wait on me mm. to initiate your love. <laughs> so thankful that you see things way, way, way beyond what we do. And you lovingly give us beautiful, chastising opportunities to receive from you. I'll ask of every single person that is here this morning that you just have your way through the words that you shared in their heart in a very personal way today. And please protect us, Father, from the evil one trying to take it away. Mm -hmm. And we just love you and we thank you for your precious, precious portion and gift this morning. We lift this up in your, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mike. All right, love everyone, and uh, see you soon. Mm -hmm. Take uh, care.